Hello, you're listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. Who am I? I'm going on my 30th year of marriage to my lovely wife, Michelle. So I'm really excited to uh, uh, to speak with my good buddy, uh, Alan Crone out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so, you know, although, uh, you know, great th- big things come out of Tennessee, you know, Elvis, all that type of stuff. You know, when I think of uh, Tennessee and Memphis, I immediately think Alan Crone because he's been all over the place the last couple of months, uh, just filling in folks during this shelter, you know, shelter in place um, situation we're in with COVID. He's been the guy, the go-to guy, and I really admired all the, all the stuff that he's doing for the public and for the mayor and for, you know, the, the whole region. So it's great to have Alan on board. Welcome, Alan. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. And I, I really appreciate all the stuff that you're doing too, Joe. Uh, you know, you, there are two kind of lawyers right now. They're the lawyers that are treating this as a giant snow day and not really doing anything. And then there are people like you and me that uh, see this as an opportunity to add value to our clients. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm just happy to do it. And we've been, we've been I think we've had a big impact uh, locally with uh, the COVID stuff. So it's been good. You know, um, a lot of uncertainty going on right now. I mean, uh, you know, I know that you that you've done a lot of work, you know, just great work for um, uh, in employment law. And gosh, I I can't imagine uh, an area of business that's going to be busier than employment. I mean, we, heck, what are we like about twenty percent unemployment in America? You know, twenty million. Maybe, I don't even know what the number was of unemployment claims filed, businesses that are just, just, you know, crushed by this thing, a stay, stay at home order. Um, how have you seen this affecting your business um, down there in Memphis? Well, it's changed the kinds of things that, that we're doing. We, we started a service, kind of a reduced fee service for folks that were trying to wind through the maze of uh, unemployment insurance. And in fact, we actually figured out a way to actually uh, help people uh, file, uh, you, you know, file for unemployment using uh, our computers to do it. Uh, we found that the Tennessee site, once you, once you kind of messed up on it, it wouldn't let you go back in. So we would come in with our, with, uh, our uh, URL and be able to do it. Uh, and that's been helpful for folks. And we're advising a lot of employers on what's the safe way to open up uh, with all of these guidelines that are out there and also how to comply with uh, the, the new paid leave statutes and how the Americans with Disabilities Act and uh, the Family Medical Leave Act all intertwine into the new uh, reality. So it's, we've been really busy, which, is, you know, thank God, we've been very busy. Yeah, so, um, you know, you, you can find out, at, uh, if you just Google Alan Crone, C-R-O-N-E, but, um, I believe it's plc.com, right? Correct, correct. Is that what it is, Alan? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, and, and you know, letting folks come into your law firm and use your computers, and that's just kind of guy you are. I remember meeting Alan, um, you know, a few years ago, and instantly we, we sat down and, you know, broke some bread together, and uh, just a great story about his upbringing, his family, and you know just a little bit about your upbringing Alan uh, so people can get to know you. Sure well I, I had uh, uh, 
two parents and a sister. And my sister works with me here at the law firm. And that's, a, that's been a great blessing. And my dad is a pharmacist. My mother is a school teacher. So we were right in the middle of middle America. And uh, they were very supportive of me. And uh, I really owe who I am to them. They kind of made me who I, who I am and gave me the opportunity to do whatever, whatever I wanted to. They were always very uh, supportive. Uh, and then you and I have talked about this, uh, uh, Joe. One of the, the things I did in high school is I, I, I discerned the priesthood, and I was in uh, Belleville, Illinois, which is in southern Illinois, near St. Louis, and was in the seminary there for four years. And that had a big impact on, on my faith, but also on kind of how I lived my life from there on out. Yeah, so I, I understand that you got involved in uh, drama productions, and that, that was fruitful for you um, in your life. It, it really was, in a lot of ways. Uh, in high school, I was on the speech and debate team, and, uh, and I've always uh, enjoyed theater. I met my wife uh, during commu doing community theater in, uh, uh, in Arkansas, which is right across the river from Memphis, and uh, we, we dated for several years and ultimately uh, got married while we were both in law school. She's a much smarter uh, lawyer than I am and allows me to kind of do what I do because uh, she, she keeps the lights on at the house. But, uh, but, but you know, theater was a great training ground for, yeah. uh, for being a trial lawyer. And uh, I, think, I think a lot of trial lawyers are frustrated actors. And uh, I just, you know, I enjoy uh, putting those skills to uh, to work for my clients, and uh, uh, there's nothing, I think there's nothing better than standing up at the end of a trial, facing the jury, and have them say a verdict in favor of your client, and uh, so, I, so I, I live for that moment. That's great. So tell us a little bit about um, your law firm. What, um, what, what's the, the origin of your law firm, what you, your, your legal practice, and, and, you know, how you get to where you are today? Sure. We, uh, Right now, the Crone Law Firm represents employees, executives, and entrepreneurs in employment and business-related litigation and compliance. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty broad practice area, but it's still, you know, it's, there's still a niche there. And uh, it took me, uh, I'm still working on it. It took me 30 years to get here. Um, but I started out like a lot of lawyers do, working for other law firms and uh, through the really through serendipity that I got assigned a lot of employment cases. Uh, one of my early mentors was a guy named Ross Clark, who was a, a fabulous employment lawyer. And I really got to enjoy it working for him. And one thing I really like about employment law is, you know, other than your, your marriage, your relationship with your employer or your business partners uh, it, or your employees, if you're an entrepreneur, is one of the, the most important relationships in your life. And in, you know, in America, you go to a cocktail party, what's the first thing somebody's gonna ask you? They're gonna ask you, what do you do? And so what we do is a, is a big part of, of who we are. Now you can debate whether that's psychologically healthy or not, but it's the reality, right? And so we, we really think we can make a difference for folks. And helping somebody work through, I mean, one of the things we really enjoy doing is helping people work through a problem they have at the office, either, either with their employer or with an employee, and solve it so it doesn't have to go to court. And uh, I, I started my practice, my private practice, in 95, 
from 90 to 95, I was a politician who had a law license and that kind of culminated. I went to work for the governor in 1994 here in Tennessee and was uh, chief counsel of the Department of Employment Security, which is essentially the unemployment folks in Tennessee. And uh, at the end of the, uh, I did that for about a year, came back to Memphis. My, my son was uh, on the way and I decided rather than become defendant in a divorce action, I would, I would come back to Memphis and I started a, a law firm with a, a, a good friend of mine, the brother I never had, a fellow named Miles Mason. And uh, we, we had that partnership for about 14 and a half years and um, built my practice with him. Uh, at the end of that, he wanted to really focus on family law. I wanted to focus on employment and business law. We really couldn't figure out a way from a marketing standpoint how to marry those two things up. So we, uh, we, we split up, but it was very amiable. He and I are still very uh, tight uh, to this day. And um, kind of fast forward a few years, my good friend Jim Strickland was elected mayor of Memphis. He asked me to come and be his uh, chief legal counsel and chief policy advisor. And so I moved my, my law firm downtown a couple of blocks from City Hall, and I split my time between City Hall and the law firm and I did that through his first term as mayor, really enjoyed that, got to serve my community, got to really accomplish some great things. We're building a, uh, a new convention center hotel here. We renovating our convention center. We did a lot of work on the, uh, on the riverfront. I was involved in, some, in recruiting some business to, to Memphis and legislative activities and had a great time doing it. And at the end of his first term, I said, you know, I got a I need to go back and take care of my base, which is my law firm. And so that's what I've been doing. And then recently, uh, to quote the great Michael Corleone, I keep trying to, to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. And the mayor asked me to be his uh, designee to the state uh, uh, Metro task force on reopening. And I've been uh, involved with that for the last three or four weeks, which has been fascinating to see not just the medical but also the political side of it. You would think, God forbid, that there would be very little politics associated with that, but like anything in government, politics is never very far away. So it's been interesting to watch all of that. And I think the folks in Tennessee have done a really good job of, um, of balancing the reopening, getting the economy going back, but also doing, uh, doing it in such a way that we're not overwhelming our healthcare system. And I, I noticed today that the, uh, uh, the, the positive rate in Memphis, Shelby County uh, is now at 3%, which is um, with increased testing. So we're, in, we're doing more testing and our positive rate has gone down. I think the high watermark was somewhere maybe 12 or 13% back in uh, April. So, uh, so that's a, a long answer to your question, but um, that's kind of how I got here. And so politics and public service is a big part of, of uh, my law firm. It's a big part of who I am. And I used to try to fight against it. I used to think, well, how can I, how can I, um, what should I pick? Should I do this or should I do that? And I realized this is who I am. So I'm just embracing both of them. And as those opportunities come up, we, we get involved in them and it's uh, it hadn't hurt our business. Probably it's helped our business a little bit. Which you know, yeah, you, you know the um, <laughs> when I first started out as a lawyer in Chicago, uh, I was working for a big firm. Um, it was a big firm now. It's called Siegel McCambridge Singer Mahoney, 
it's a big uh, defense firm, and I learned a lot from those those folks. I worked for eight years for insurance companies and big companies, and one of the guys, um, Don Siegel, who's the uh, the head guy, um, just the you know sweetest guy ever, but really tough litigation guy. And he, I, you know, I, I, I had these kind of chats with him. He'd bring the, the young associates in his office and he'd sit you down and he had a number of files with you. And then basically grill you for a couple hours about the files and just make sure you're on top of it. But then one day he comes in and he says, you know, uh, he goes, Joe, uh, what's the most important uh, legal book? And so I'm, I, you know, I, I'm stumped. And then he says, you know, it is the phone book. You know, I don't, we don't have those anymore, but he said, the phone book. He goes, I said, he, and, uh, he said, you know, a lot of times you can get a lot of stuff done just calling up the fellow on their side and talking to them and getting your client's matter resolved, you know, right away. And, and you know, avoiding all the, all the motions and the back and forth, et cetera. And, you know, I, I took that to heart, what he said. And, you know, one of the first things that, that I do when I get a case is, and I was trying to still the people that, that work with me, is that, you know, when you get, um, usually we're the plaintiff, and when a defense attorney comes on, one of our first calls there is, a, is we say, hey, listen, I, you know, I want to introduce myself personally, and I want to tell you, I'm really looking forward to working with you to resolve this very sensitive and important claim for my client and your client, and I hopefully have a great, you know, great relationships throughout. I mean, we'll probably disagree on what the, you know, what the result is or how to get there, but you'll never have problems with me. And that's one thing that I've really picked up from my relationship with you is that you seem to be very proactive. And I think the politics come in because you, you know, that proactive with, with the other side to try and work it out amicably with nobody winning or losing in a, in a public way, but you're getting both sides getting what they want. Is it, do you find that to be the case? I, that's what works for me. I, I have yet to meet a client whose primary goal is to watch me engage in great lawyering. What they want is the case settled. They don't want to see me cross-examine witnesses. They don't want to see me argue in the courtroom unless it is a means to that end, getting their case resolved. And so as soon as you can do that, I think that's, 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 what, that's what clients want. And uh, I think there are a lot of lawyers out there that let the lawyer in sometimes get in the way of solving the client's problem. Yeah, you know, the... Um... The one thing that, you know, trying to figure that out, that's, that's a hard thing sometimes. I mean, and, and so I know that one way that I kind of look at the way, what I do is, is my goal right from the beginning is to help the defendant or the insurance company or the corporation do the right thing and, and give them the chance to do that. And so uh, typically we'll write them a letter and basically lay it all out and say, listen, here's the cards, you know, um, and um, I'm hopeful that you'll, come to the same decision, you know, came same conclusion I am. But usually it, it, by the time it gets to me, there's a, uh, there, it's just not going to happen. And, we, and I use the courts as a dispute resolution system, which is what the taxes pay for. Mm-hmm. But in an employment context, um, like where you're at, do you find that it's kind of a unique situation where it can be a win-win, people get keep their job, the employer, you know, maybe gets – gets a little something and then you're able to work out and, and, and basically the, the person can provide for the family. Yeah, I think it, it, it certainly, that's the first thing we explore. Sometimes the relationship is so frayed and destroyed that there's no turning back on it. 
Uh, and it depends on when the client comes to us. You know, if they come to us while they're still employed, then we can help them lay out a strategy. And sometimes it's not even a legal strategy. Yeah. Sometimes people just need coaching on how, you know, how to talk to, to their boss in such a way that you can actually get past whatever the, the dispute is. And that, those, we, I love those situations. So sure. I practice then, yeah. So, so Alan, maybe you could tell us some meaningful cases that you've had, or you, you felt like, Hey, um, this, this is where the kind of case where I can make a big difference. And, you know, with all my experience, I mean, so, sometimes, you know, I, I've, I've talked to a, a couple of folks that work with me and, and, you know, I've marveled one fellow that, that I've worked with. He's, he's been, you know, practice law for gosh, near 30 years. And he's able to, you know, resolve something very quickly. And I said, gosh, that was, you resolved that so fast. He goes, well, not really. That was 30 years of experience wrapped into a 15 minute call. But, you know, I took me 30 years to figure out how to do that. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, that I, that I see with, with deal makers is that they're able to do that kind of thing. But is there any type of cases where you felt that, Hey, this is, this is Alan Crone's sweet spot of how you can help people. Well, it, over the years, there have been a lot of cases like that. Um, one in particular, uh, it was an, a non-compete case we had a couple of years ago where our client was a salesperson. And uh, long story short, he had built up, he and his family had built up this business. They got into some financial hardship, sold it to another company that made him some promises about uh, his growth opportunity at that company. And in his view, they reneged on those promises. He, he was not able to uh, do what they said he was going to be able to do. He wanted out, but they had a non-compete. Again, long story short, uh, this could have been one of those things where that case could still be going on if we had litigated it. And we very quickly, I say within six months of him calling us, uh, had gotten in, we'd taken some depositions, got to a mediation, and worked out a, a solution where he could leave, take his clients with them, the, the, the enforcing company got a little bit out of it themselves, and uh, he's now able to provide for his family and has uh, solved that financial problem. That was a, a great result for him, and you know we really enjoyed doing that. Um, on the other end of the scale, one of the, the, the categories of cases that I really enjoy are overtime cases where we can go in and, and at the end of the day, and, and you know, there are dozens of cases we've done with this where, you know, we settle the case and we're handing a working person, you know, five, six, seven, $12,000 of unpaid wages and also fixing the situation so the, the employer is no longer uh, out of compliance. And so going forward, people are being paid correctly. But you hand a working person $12,000 that they weren't planning on. Uh, I don't, you know, to some people that's life changing because they can get rid of some debt or uh, whatnot. Yeah. It's also a good foundation for them going forward. So that's one of the great things about what you do and what I do is we can right wrongs and we can we can improve people's lives going forward. At least that's the that's the uh, the, the goal. You know, um, I, I I always like to talk to successful people about some of the habits they have. Maybe you could tell us like one or two or three habits that you have, Alan, that, that in your life uh, that help you to, to basically be the person that, you know, is doing all these things. You've got a podcast, Ask Alan. You've got these daily updates you've been giving during this whole shelter in. 
you, you seem like you're busy, 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 and do all that stuff. But what are the habits that keep you cranking? Probably the biggest habit is getting up at the same time every morning and, um, and, and having, a, having a schedule. For me, that, that's, that, it, that keeps me focused, making sure that I do what I need to do each day. Um, I start my day out. I'm, as you know, uh, Joe, I'm an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church, and one of the things we're required to do is, is pray the, uh, the divine office, which is a series of psalms and, and scripture readings. And so getting up in the morning when, every, when the house is, is, is quiet, go to a, my chair, and I, and I, read, my, I read the office and, and pray the office, that kind of centers me, get a little quiet time in the morning, um, reflect on what I'm thankful for, write out kind of a, a checklist of what I'm going to do that day. Uh, to me, that's what, when I don't do that is when I uh, look up and realize that I'm, uh, I've lost focus and I'm, I'm not getting done what I need to get done. So that's good. So how about um, some, uh, some role models that, that you've, you've had or some folks that, that have been, kind of uh, important in your life to either steer you the right way uh, or, you know, been something, somebody they talked to you and said, Hey, listen, Alan, maybe you need to go this way rather than that. Uh, anybody that comes in, in mind, I, I know you have a lot. Well, I tell you one of the, the most colorful was a fellow named John Wilder. Uh, John and I were law partners and, and he has the distinction of being the, the longest serving uh, lieutenant governor in American history. He was lieutenant governor of Tennessee for 36 years. And he was a lawyer. Uh, he owned banks. He owned uh, a gin. He owned farmland. He, uh, he did all kinds of things, kind of a renaissance guy. And he was a brilliant guy. And just kind of sitting at his feet, listening to how he, deal, he dealt with people and how he prioritized things, he used to say, Alan, uh, he, he, the best thing he could say about you was, you know, Joe Shannon is a good fella. He's got a good family, a small house, and an old car. And when you think about that, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And what he's talking about is Joe Shannon's a humble guy. Yeah. And uh, John was, was one of the most powerful guys in Tennessee. He was one of the most wealthy people in Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, he, he drove an old car. He had a good family, and he lived in a small house. And he was a humble guy. And if you just met him, uh, you would uh, you would never know that uh, all his backstory because he didn't lord it over you. Uh, he was just a good, humble guy who tried to do the right thing. Um, and so he was he was probably one of the most powerful influences of my life because, uh, frankly, it gave me a lot of opportunity. Knowing a guy like that was was good for my career. But he also kind of helped. Uh, I. I He's the guy that sometimes I think, okay, what would Wilder do in this situation? Um, and uh, I've never really gone too far wrong by, by trying to emulate uh, his example. That's great. And what, 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 tell me a little few, I mean, I try to get the backstory on, on some folks because, I mean, they go to your website and see all the great stuff that you got going on and all the great people that, you, that work with you. Mm -hmm. But I like to get the backstory on, on maybe some defining moments that you've had in your life that uh, – um, it kind of shaped where you're at now? Well, there's a, I guess like a lot of people, there, there are a lot of those defining moments. Um, probably one of the biggest defining moments I, I had was deciding to marry my wife. Um, you know, she, she is, she's, a, everybody thinks their wife is the best, but I do have the best wife. <laughs> it is the best for me. Uh, 
uh, she's, you know, she's smart. She's been uh, supportive of me. I've had a lot of harebrained ideas. Uh, I, you know, I've told her I'm going to go work for the mayor. I've told her I'm going to be party chairman. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start my own law firm. And she may ask some, some tough follow-up questions, but she's never said, no, you can't do that, or I don't want you to do that. Um, she's always been very supportive of me, and she would also be up there one of one of my role models in terms of, uh, you know, she's she's a smart, tough lady, and if I could be as smart and tough as uh, Allison Crone, I'd be in in really good shape. Uh, so deciding to uh, pursue that vocation, to decide not to be a, a priest, but uh, to be married and be a lawyer, uh, that's probably the biggest defining moment because it led to my three children. It led to uh, all the wonderful experiences I've had in my life. Uh, it's led me to meeting you and other people. So uh, that's a that's a big one. That's great. And and so where are you going, Alan? Get five the next five years. I'm excited about you know your what you got going. I mean all this stuff that you're doing in the community. You've served the mayor. You get you got also you're on this task force to open up Tennessee. Are you bullish on uh, Memphis? Oh, I'm, I'm real bullish on Memphis. You know, the mayor used to say before the COVID, Memphis has momentum. And there's a lot of great stuff going on in Memphis. And we got a different kind of momentum right now. Um, but I, I think five years from now, uh, where I want to be is I want to be doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'd like to continue to grow my law firm. Uh, I see part of my job is not so much uh, to practice law as it is to mentor other lawyers and provide them a great place to practice. And that hopefully benefits my clients uh, down the road. Uh, I'd like to continue to make room in my schedule to try cases. I love trying cases. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm real bullish about the future. I think that uh, right now we've got this crazy situation and, you know, America, I said, you know, America is a $6 million man of countries. We've got the technology, we've got the know-how, we're gonna overcome this. And I don't know what a year from now is gonna look like, but I, I think a year from now, we'll be back bigger and better than ever as a country and as an economy. Now there may be some pain from here to there, and we may have to, to, to do some things, but whether there's a vaccine or not, or other things, we're gonna have to learn to live with this virus and, and other viruses. Um, but I'm, I'm real bullish on, on the future, and I don't, I don't think you can be anything other than bullish about the future. The, the, the alternative is just to cr cr uh, curl up and die, and that's not my, my nature. Yeah, you know, uh, you and I are both students of history, and uh, obviously, you know, this country went through an awful, awful pandemic uh, back, in, you know, the Spanish flu back in the 1915 or so, and um, heck, during that one, a third of the doctors were overseas fighting in World War One, and um, heck, we had all sorts of stuff going on there, and then we followed it up by all sorts of problems, but we came back stronger than ever. Um, so I, I do, I'm bullish on it too. Um, I think there's gotta be, I, I, you know, when I watch the, the TV or, um, uh, or the internet, I, there's so much bad news out there that um, if you're not, uh, well, I, this is my, my belief is, as an American, you're required to be a person that is dis discerning and understands um, 
how to read news, how to, uh, how to get news, and how to use your feet and walk around and actually see what's going on on Main Street, as well as looking at what's Wall Street and, and national politics. But, but on the local level, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, um, we're a resilient bunch and we'll make it. Um, but there's got to be uh, coming together. Um, and that's going to, I don't know where we get that, but I think we, it, it starts at the local, doesn't it? It starts right at the local, your block. Then your city, and then you go up to, to the macro part with the nation. I think, but I think in your own little town, you know, like where I'm in, in um, you know, the suburban Chicago and Chicago, we're gonna have to really build together. And so I, I'm really happy you're doing that in Memphis, and I can't wait to come down there and see you again uh, down in Memphis and and see see that wonderful place. You got St. Jude's down there. You got FedEx. You got all sorts of wonderful barbecue. You got a great history in that. I understand you got a, a decent college basketball team down there. We we do we do. It's, it's unfortunate that we didn't play the NCAA tournament this year. We might have surprised some people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Al, I'm going to check in with you later if that's okay. Because if I want to know, put my finger on the pulse of what's going on in you know, I guess the Tennessee's starting the South, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, and I, I go to Alan Crone and ask him, and he'll tell me what's going on and. Uh, you know, Tennessee is a real interesting state. Um, I drive through it when we, we drive down to Florida and love every minute. It's so pretty. Um, I guess stop at some of those battlefields sometime and, and check out all those unbelievably great historical battlefields, which you've told me about, which I have not seen. But I will do that and, uh, and spend some time, some quality time down there in Tennessee. Love to have you. We'll show you a good time. All right, my man. So listen, thanks so much for spending time with us, Alan, and get back to your business of, you know, bringing Memphis back to, the, to its glory. All right. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Joe. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. You can find us on the internet at shannonlawgroup.com or telephone our office at 312 578 9501. Have a terrific day.